I'm ready for some content. It's a beautiful night here in the Isla Vista slums. We got the Jared Goff bobblehead to my left, the Aaron Rodgers bobblehead to my right. Of course, they are both in their college uniforms, and they're doing their best not to argue and fight. But like them, I am so ready to talk about football. Since this is the strangest NFL season with games getting postponed and now the addition of an extra week in the regular season, we are starting to really accept that football could get taken away from us at any moment. So what better of a time than five weeks into the COVID season to give some way too early season awards? If the season were to end today, it would feel so empty, so strange, so much like a dream. But we couldn't just call it a day without having an MVP or a Rookie of the Year. So JJ and I have taken it upon ourselves to distribute these awards. So now I'm going to hand it off to JJ because why don't you explain, uh, just give everyone the rundown of how this works. Definitely. So we have seven awards that we're giving out for these uh, first five weeks. We have the MVP, obviously, and the Rookie of the Year. We also have Defensive Player of the Year. Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Golden Boot for the Kickers, and Hottest Guy in the Office. And we're going to have our primary winner for that and an honorable mention. Without further ado, I think we can just get right into it. So my primary MVP this year would obviously be Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, who could have seen this one coming, am I right? (laughs) Rodgers, I think, has been disappointed. Uh, getting disrespected over the last couple of years because of his team's uh, lackluster performance. I know, I know what you're talking. Uh, wait, wait, well, what? We went 13 and three and got to the NFC Championship. Wasn't it like only three years ago that you went seven and nine though with Mike McCarthy? Am uh, I? Yeah, well, Rodgers was injured one of those years, and then Mike McCarthy's last year, we were pretty terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, nevertheless, I think that he hasn't had a plethora of weapons. Uh, to distribute the ball. I mean, I think he's had to rely heavily on Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in these last few years. Uh, And never mind the fact that when the whole world knew that the Packers needed pass catchers for Rodgers going into this last year's draft, one that particularly had a hodgepodge of promising receivers, uh, Packers GM Brian Gutekunst, I hope I'm pronouncing that one right. Oh, goody. Yeah, what a last name on that guy, says... I hear what you guys are saying, but I'm going to go ahead and draft a QB with our first selection, which I'm sure a bunch of Packers fans love. You can't help but think that (laughs) you can't help but think that like Aaron's play has been somewhat motivated by that. And he said, like, he's thinking to himself, oh, you know what? You want to draft a QB while I'm still here? Okay, watch me do this. And he's just been spectacular this year he's averaging over 300 yards a game leading the league in qbr no interceptions and his team is perfect through four games so i think aaron Rodgers deserves to be mvp through these five weeks what about you greg uh well that is refreshing to hear and it's refreshing to watch the packers offense work so smoothly in the second year of the matt lafleur system i am very much a fan But as much as I want Aaron Rodgers to be MVP, I actually had a different player. I selected Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. And as much as the Seahawks pissed me off, by the way, I texted my dad at the start of the second half on Sunday night when they're playing the Vikings and said that there was a 100% chance the Seahawks would win the game. 
Cause it, oh, no doubt. Yeah, it's just, oh, it was the most Seahawks thing ever, like on the last play, too. Uh, God. It's the most Seahawks thing ever and the most Kirk Cousins thing ever, that game. <laughs> I know, it's like the death combo. Oh, my God. Plus, like, you just knew that DK Metcalf dropped that touchdown or would have been touchdown on second and goal because it had to get to fourth and goal, you know, <laughs> for, to be, you know, just typical Seahawks. Exactly. But... Moving forward with that, it is a pretty easy MVP pick for me. Russell Wilson, a.k.a. Mr. Unlimited, Sunday against Minnesota was nothing new. He is the definition of valuable to a franchise. And sometimes it's hard to even say if they would be a good team with a quarterback who's just pretty good, like Matt Ryan or something. So Yeah, I can... I can definitely see that. Although I think Matt Ryan deserves a little more respect than pretty good. He did win the MVP just a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, but like like this season, Matt Ryan. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Now, career Matt Ryan, I agree, deserves a little bit more respect. But, you know, well, we do have two different MVPs, but I'm curious to see who your honorable mention is. Is it Russell Wilson? Well, it's not Russell Wilson. It's actually his foe in that last game, Mr. Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. Oh. He's got them <laughs> he's got them off to a blistering one and four start. And granted, two of those losses are absolute heartbreakers, but just the stat line on my man Kirk this year is insane so far. He's got almost a one to one touchdown in inter, uh, interception ratio. He's got an MVP-type performance against the Colts in Week 2. He went 11 for 26 with 113 yards passing, no touchdowns, and three interceptions. Like, that's clutch stuff right there. And I just wanted to give a quick PSA, too, if I could. If you're an NFL player, you know, that's tired, fed up, frustrated with your agent and their inability to get you the bag, there is only one name that you should really be looking for, and that's Mike McCartney. Now, I know what you're thinking. JJ, did you just say Mike McCarthy? He's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He can't get you any money. No, no, no. I said Mike McCartney, M-C-C-A-R-T-N-E-Y. He is Kirk Cousins' agent, and he did the unthinkable, the unpro- improbable, and downright impossible. He somehow convinced the Vikings that Kirk Cousins was worth – another two-year $66 million contract extension this past offseason. And if you can do that for someone like Kirk Cousins, you're just a bona fide god. So please, if you're looking to swindle your team into playing uh, paying you more money, hire Mike McCartney. This, <laughs> this isn't an ad. I'm just saying if you want to get paid, you can get paid with this man. Dude, I don't care if that is an ad. That is unbelievable. Mike McCartney is doing the unthinkable, the improbable, and the downright impossible but you know what? Kirk Cousins, he's totally worthy of an honorable mention. I mean, he completed over 10 passes against the Colts. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. It's just on on twenty over 25 pass attempts. Yeah. Incredible well, he actually, stuff. He completed 14 if you're counting to Colts players. Oh, he definitely did. I didn't even think about that. You are so right. People don't give him enough credit for that. Man, oh, he can almost be defensive we... player of the year. I don't think we give him enough credit on Potty Train Me. I mean, Kirk's a staple for our content. Oh, most definitely. Just a stand-up guy, you know? Oh, he really is. Well, my honorable mention for most valuable player, and someone who I really think has a chance to 
actually win the award if the season is able to continue in full swing is the former Chicago Bear, former Philadelphia Eagle, now Miami Dolphin, Jordan Howard. And here, let me tell you why. He has mastered the big boy stat line. I'm just going to read you his stats. Week one, eight carries, seven yards, touchdown. Week two, five carries, four yards, touchdown. Okay. (laughs) Week three, three carries, one yard, touchdown. Week four, two carries, two yards, one reception, negative three yards, and took one nasty hit from KJ Wright. And then this last week, week five, the Dolphins were so good against the 49ers that they didn't even need to use him. He was inactive. Wow. That, that's incredible. I, I, can, I can say with confidence, I don't think I've ever seen stat lines like that before. That, he's truly one of a kind. I can, see why you, I can see why you wanted him as your MVP. Yeah, I just think Russell Wilson is edging him out just because of the clutch factor right now. And he's been doing it for so long. Like Russell Wilson's kind of always been hovering in that MVP bubble. It's kind of like James Harden before he won his MVP. So I I had to give it to Russell Wilson. But Jordan Howard, I got to tell you, he's right there. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's really hard to beat one catch for negative three yards. I can definitely understand that. Uh, I I mean, if he got one more catch, he might have been at like negative five yards. Honestly. Hey, the more the better. The more the better. More the better. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, we started with the most renowned award. But, you know, this is such a tough season for these rookies to have to begin their NFL career. Not really a traditional offseason. No in-person draft. Team chemistry is all weird because of COVID and how weird everything has been for the last six months. So I think we have to give these rookies some credit. And we got to go with Rookie of the Year. JJ, who's your primary nomination for Rookie of the Year? My primary nomination uh, for Rookie of the Year is Justin Herbert. Now, the record does not reflect how he has played, I think. I know he was a high draft pick in this past year's draft. I think he was drafted sixth overall. But I don't think anyone expected Herbert to come out and be this good right off the bat. Actually, um, they definitely didn't expect this because he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. If it wasn't for an unfortunate uh, leg or lung puncture to Tyrod Taylor, uh, he would still be riding the bench right now. So... I think it takes a certain kind of human being to find out you're starting your first NFL game just an hour before it begins against the Chiefs, no less, and then go out and throw for over 300 yards and lose by a field goal in overtime. And he's been in two other dogfights of games with two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I don't think he looked scared against Brady or Breeze, who I was referring to. In fact, he looked kind of poised and like he'd been in that situation before. And I think he's just gotten off to a fantastic start to the season, and he's going to be a special player in this league for a while. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself because the record does not reflect at all how Justin Herbert's played. I'm super impressed with him. Uh, Joe Burrow's also been great as a rookie, but Herbert uh, had a little bit less hype going in. And like you said, he found out he was going to start an hour before a game against the Chiefs. 
And yeah, I know he's 0-4. Uh, the Money Badger should have made that kick against the Saints. I know it was long, but come on, dude. Like, I got a feel for Anthony Lynn, too. He just cannot catch a break in terms of the field goal game. And yes, I know week one, he did catch a little bit of a break, but in the big picture, he is getting screwed on that front. Uh, Justin Herbert made one bad mistake against the Chiefs with the interception when he probably could have run for that first down. But other than that, he's been terrific and he's super mobile. I'm really excited for his future. And if you talk to Chargers fans, they will say much of the same. For my rookie of the year, primary nomination, uh, Joe Burrow has been good. And I get that his offensive line gives him very little help. But I wanted to change things up and give a little bit of a different perspective because Patrick Queen just had a monster game and got his first career touchdown last week. That is the first round pick linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. And you mentioned the Green Bay Packers and their drafting strategy. Well, when they traded up to 26 in the first round of the draft, I was really excited because I was hoping that they were going to take Patrick Queen, the big physical run stopper that could complement the Smiths so nicely and fill that hole that was clearly there during the not close whatsoever NFC championship against the 49ers. Of course. Uh, Yeah. But instead they took a quarterback and, you know, Okay, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, but here we are, and it looks like the Ravens may have found their next great linebacker. So I'm a big Patrick Queen guy. I really wish he was wearing the green and yellow and playing in the ice-cold city of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, but also early shout-out to Chase Claypool for getting four touchdowns last week. That's not bad for a guy who grew up wanting to be a BMX biker. Really? He does look like he does look like he'd be into BMX and like motocross and all that kind of stuff. Although he is a he is pretty light on his feet for a, for that big of a specimen. But uh, speaking of uh, light on their feet, let's hear about your uh, honorable mention for rookie of the year. Oh, well, my honorable mention once again, super close race. There's a lot of good rookies. I actually didn't end up picking Joe Burrow. I just mentioned how. He's been pretty impressive and held his own in this first month of the season. But my honorable mention goes to Lions running back DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Taylor Swift looked at Matt Patricia at the end of week one and said, I want to be your end game as you'll probably get fired soon. And this dropped ball in the end zone will build me up a big reputation, big reputation. (laughs) so he got a bad boy persona and that's what they like well deandre swift i love it too keep your head up man because you took one for the team here and i see what you were trying to do you're trying to get matt patricia out of there i can't say you're wrong for that and maybe the next coach i don't know robert sala or somebody like that maybe they're taking you places so i know it looked bad and it probably hurt your fan base but it's going to make them happy in the long run Definitely. Yeah, it sure looks like Matt Patricia is going to be on his way out of there pretty soon. But speaking of guys on their way out of organizations, let's get to my honorable mention for Rookie of the Year. Kima Siverand. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I tell you what, this guy right here, he may be one of the most high IQ guys I've ever seen. He really uh, he really flew under the radar in a lot of people's uh, in a lot of people mock draft boards. 
He only played two games at Oklahoma State in his senior season, recording one tackle and one fumble recovery. And I guess it should be noted that he was fully healthy during his senior season as well. So to everybody's shocked, he went undrafted. But nevertheless, there were a few teams that had their eye on him. Uh, but there was one team in particular who I think noticed how smart of a guy that he would be. And that team, of course, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, Liam's team. Shout out, Liam. Oh, yeah. Uh, baby. <laughs> if there's any time to get a Liam shout out in, you have to take advantage, obviously. I give Liam a shout out every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, but anyways, old Petey Carroll knew he found a diamond in the rough with this one. You know, uh, Kima suited up for training camp with the team and he played fairly well. But uh, being isolated in a hotel room, I think uh, really got to him for the entirety of the training camp. Right off the bat, we're just going to disregard the fact that he saw over 100 people every day that he can communicate with, joke with and exercise with in training camp. Uh, but I think Kima needed more face-to-face time because I can only assume he was feeling extra lonely during this. Now, a normal, regular-sized brain person would probably think, hmm, maybe I could call my family, I could chat with them, see how they're doing in quarantine, and maybe that interaction with others will cure my loneliness while I'm isolated from everyone. But Kima is no normal person, you know. Being the big brain stunt that he is, he thought, you know what? I'm going to sneak a girl into my hotel room and nobody will notice either because I'll just put her in some Seahawks gear and they'll think that she's either part of the staff or another player. I know that, uh, I know that there's a pandemic going on right now and I know that he hasn't probably, or she hasn't probably tested for COVID and I know that this could put the health of other players in jeopardy, but I think I've thought this one through and there's, there's no way I can get caught. Well, apparently there was a way he could get caught and coach Carroll didn't think that move was pretty cool because Kima found himself out of the league, not a day later <laughs> and everybody's hating on Severin for this, but I applaud the courage and bravery to stand up to the COVID mandates and say, Hey, you might be really important, but I'm going to completely disregard whatever you say right now. So his bravery and courage is why he is my honorable mention for rookie of the year. Yeah, Kima Sivarind. Honestly, I think he could come back and take that award, just like how I think Jordan Howard could make his real MVP push in his last three quarters of the season. I'm liking Kima Sivarind. I mean, that is some high IQ stuff. And here's what I think really happened is that dressing her in Seahawks gear did work fine. They definitely thought she was another player, but Geno Smith panicked and was worried that his backup QB job was going to get taken. And so he went and talked to the coaching staff about it. And then they were like, wait, we don't have a a girl on the roster to play quarterback. And that's how they got him busted. So I really blame Geno Smith for this one. God damn it, Geno. What a snitch. He's could still backup for the Seahawks, right? I'm not insane. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Okay, cool, because there's there's no other backup that's capable of pulling that off. Yeah, okay, thank God. I I ho- I was hoping this wasn't Kima's fault, so I'm glad to hear that it could potentially be Geno Smith. Thank God. Whew. I knew Kima was a good guy. See? He's just not like other girls, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, Kima Siverand. Watch out. I'm telling you, Kima Siverand 2021. That's going to be his breakout season. They don't even know. Everyone everyone doesn't know. They're sleeping on him. Everyone keeps sleeping on him. See what happens, okay? Uh, Oh, you know it. Okay, well, JJ, what's our next award? 
Next up, though, we have Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm excited to see who Greg's primary award winner for that is. Take it away. Well, my primary nomination for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, I know it is a little bit mainstream, but I went with the Rams, Aaron Donald. Miles Garrett has been great this season, but unlike Aaron Donald, he sometimes needs props to play defense, such as, you know, uh, an extra helmet. Too soon? (laughs) (laughs) No. Not at all. Not at all. Perfect execution, by the way, on that. Oh, thank you. You know, I I really, I was practicing in the mirror for a few hours, uh, even practicing in front of Liam, so. (laughs) And Liam approved, so that's all you need to know. But in all seriousness, sometimes it doesn't feel like Aaron Donald gets enough credit for what he does, but let's just recognize the level of greatness that he has sustained for years now. I still think he is easily the best defensive player in all of football. Thus far, he has seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, one recovered fumble, and that's while getting double teamed constantly. Not to mention there's the intangibles, which was he pretty much single-handedly got the Rams back into that game when they were trailing 28-3 to on the road in Buffalo. I know there's no crowd, so I guess being on the road doesn't have maybe the same impact. But nonetheless, Aaron Donald has been an absolute maniac, and it wasn't a tough decision at all for me to call him my defensive player of the year. Yeah, well, I guess we have a couple things in common, and I guess Aaron Donald is a very mainstream choice because he is my defensive player of the year as well. Just like you said, I mean, he's been the most consistently dominant defender in the entire league for the past decade, I'd say. Uh, He's leading the league in sacks again, yada, yada. He had a four-sack game against the Washington football team, soon to be Washington White Claws, if you know, you know. Uh last game and just the combination of power and quickness he has is unparalleled. I I really don't know what else to say about him because this award wasn't very hard to choose. The best defender has been without a doubt Aaron Donald. Yep, there it is. Nothing more to discuss. But who do you got for honorable mention? My honorable mention goes to I couldn't really single out a single player, so I just went with the entire Dallas Cowboys defense. Oh, no! And I'd just like to say one thing and one thing only. How about them Cowboys? Am I right? (laughs) They've given up 180 points through five games. They're top five in rush yards given up. They're top 10 in passing yards given up. Top 10 in penalties. And I've let quarterbacks against them put up an average QBR of 107.9. I mean, what else can you say about them? You know a good defense when you see one. And this team right here has a chance to be the best defense in the entire history of the league. Maybe. Maybe. Wow. And if you have that good of a defense made up of 11 whole guys, then I don't see anyone scoring on them for the rest of the year. No doubt. No doubt. And... I know those penalties stack up a little bit, but I have a feeling that your honorable mention is pretty knowledgeable in that area, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think penalties is a perfect segue into my honorable mention because I have Carlton Davis, defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's why. He leads all defensive players and penalties this season, second in the league behind his own teammate. Uh, He is second in... Penalized yards with 87, 
five total pass interference calls. Uh, nobody in the league even has four. So he, <laughs> he really doesn't want opposing players to catch any balls. And you know what? I fully respect that. I really do. Hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, all right? By the way, he plays the Packers this week, so now I know he's going to make some epic play and it's going to hurt me forever. No doubt. And I think he does He does have a couple of interceptions on his resume this year, which probably is an outlier. But, man, what a, what a player to lead the league in defensive pass interference calls when nobody even has four. Wow, that's... That's incredible right there. Well, yeah, I mean, I knew about the interceptions. I just didn't think it was worth mentioning them when you compare it to a pass interference penalty. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He's physical, to say the least. Physical, to say the least. You know, the more and more that we look at these honorable mentions, the more I think that they could end up being the award recipients when all is said and done. Oh, most definitely. There are some some fringe uh, honorable mentions that, could move up to primary. I mean, Kirk Cousins is like within a hair's length of being my primary MVP this year. He's just been that incredible. Well, I mean, Kirk's a lock, but I'm just talking about the guys that are like Carlton Davis, Cowboys defense, uh, you know, uh, your rookie, of course. Uh, why am I forgetting oh. his name? Kima. Kima. Kima, Kima Severind. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, those guys – you know, I think they really have a chance, but Kirk's definitely winning MVP. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I think he's a lock for the MVP and speaking of locks, let's move on to our coaches of the year. And Greg, who is your lock for primary award of coach of the year? Coach of the year. Well, this is an interesting one and I'm actually going to say something nice about the Cleveland Browns because my primary nomination is Kevin Stefanski. Uh, We're going to learn a lot about this Cleveland Browns team over the next few weeks and find out what they're really all about. But this award show isn't for speculation. This is for what we've got. And through five weeks, Kevin Stefanski seems like an adult who's capable of running a team led by a literal child at quarterback and (laughs) figured out what makes them good, which is their backfield. Nick Chubb just got hurt, which sucks, but he and Kareem Hunt make a beautiful tandem. I'm not going to call it a one-two punch like every broadcaster because that's a little too soon for Kareem Hunt. You know, like we don't, we don't go there. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's apropos. I, <laughs> I would proceed with that, but continue, continue. Well, yeah, anyway, and I feel like Kevin Stefanski's also found ways to get guys like OBJ involved when Baker isn't throwing to them. Uh, you know, like he did with the reverse. And by the way, that was a great play to run that reverse all the way for like a 50-yard touchdown or something. I mean, it looked like it was going to be like a 10-yard loss and Odell turned it into the game-defining play. So, oh, no doubt. As someone who has OBJ on his team and is always uh, wavering in his support of OBJ, I'm, I was very glad to see that. <laughs> uh, yes, you do have Odell. I did forget about that one. Well, yeah, that was good for you too. Uh, look, the bottom line is the less Baker Mayfield can throw the ball, the better for this team. Uh, the Browns are four and one, and they've got the Steelers, Bengals, and Raiders coming up before they head into their bye week. So it will be really fascinating to see. I really don't know what to make of this team yet, but this, you know, so far, Kevin Stefanski, I'm impressed. Great job, man. 
Yeah, he is definitely exceeding every Cleveland Browns fan's expectation because they honestly don't expect much at this point with, you know, the whole Freddie Kitchens debacle last year. But uh, moving on to my primary award for the coach of the year, I'm having Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. And despite their loss last night, you know, which was pretty bad to say the literal least, uh, I think McDermott has been doing a fantastic job as the head coach of the Bills. And that's coming from a Pats fan, so you know I really mean it. Uh, He's nurtured Josh Allen into a budding star, and Allen's in the midst of a breakout season that many Bills fans have been uh, waiting for a while now. Uh, They made the playoffs last year and currently sit at the top of the AFC East, albeit not for long because, as always, my Patriots will find a way to get there. Um, But there isn't a lot that goes on in Buffalo, and I imagine it's pretty hard to attract like players and coaches that would like to move there, so... I mean, props to the Bills for being, I believe, four and one now, or uh, three and one. I can't remember which. Definitely four and one, and they should just definitely try and do anything they can to keep McDermott there because he's proven that he's a good coach and my coach of the year so far. Sean McDermott has done a terrific job, and I may have had him as my primary nomination as well. Had he not gotten blown out last night, that was. Uh, not that that was entirely on him, but it's kind of tough to make your case for coach of the year where, you know, I thought Kevin Stefanski was a much more impressive four and one. They got blown out by the Ravens, but who didn't see that coming? The Ravens own bad teams. That's what they do. So no. that's where I was at. But I want to hear who your honorable mention is because, you know, Sean McDermott had a loss last night. Who's right behind him? Yep. My honorable mention, it's it's pretty close between my primary and my honorable mention, but I put my honorable mention in for Adam Gase, the head coach of the New York Jets. You know, this man is just as charitable as it gets. He's just giving a wins away to other teams. He's got people oh, nice. Yeah, he's got people questioning whether Sam Darnold can be a good quarterback in this league, not because he is one, but because Gase is kind of wasting his potential. Uh, There's no other coach in NFL history who is more selfless, I think, than Adam Gase because he just given so many wins away. Maybe Rod Marinelli in the 2008 Lions when they, uh, you know, didn't get a win for the entire season. But uh, he's sacrificing wins for his own team to give it to the other team, and that really deserves some praise. I was I was going to say that the Jets are shopping around Le'Veon Bell, but in a recent update, it is confirmed that they released him. So just another chapter in the Adam Gase saga where he's at odds with players and they leave. I mean, there's not to mention, not to mention that they mistreated the other generational talent on their team, Jamal Adams, and had to trade him away. And I just think all of these things culminate together and put up a boisterous resume to have Adam Gase as coach of the year and cherry on top Liam's dream of New York going 0 and 32 stays alive through five weeks oh believe me we were sweating it out on the couch this last weekend when the Giants were possibly going to beat the Cowboys we're like no 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 it can't happen yet (laughs) no doubt no doubt but moving on to your honorable mention who do you got Well, before I do mine, I just want to say that I actually didn't have Adam Gase on my list, but after all that evidence you just gave, I might have to reconsider. Oh, yeah. I think he deserves 
uh, some serious consideration, no doubt. Although I don't think that I would put Adam Gase above this guy, my honorable mention, which is Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson. And here's why. He knew exactly what he was doing playing for the tie against Cincinnati. And he has his team in second place of the powerhouse known as the NFC East because of it. Now, I know what you're thinking, Doug. Jake Elliott can go out and miss that kick. And Joe Burrow was just going to march it down the field in a matter of 15 seconds against your trash defense and you know set up Randy Bullock for a game-winning kick and you were going to lose. But why would you do that when a half game versus a full game, that's a big difference in the NFC East. Now, the Eagles are about to play the Ravens, but we do have an exciting NFC East matchup, barring COVID this week, between the New York Giants and the team I like to refer to as the Washington Hybrids. So if you think about it, 1-2-1 and one really isn't that ugly looking of a record for that division. Fly, Eagles, fly. And by the way, I'll take Washington to win this week's matchup. Oh, no doubt. I don't think anyone would want to take the New York Giants. I don't think anybody would want to place money on the New York Giants this year. But of uh, speaking of Washington, let's move on to our comeback player of the years. And Greg's, I, th- I think I have a good idea of who your primary award winner is. Oh, for comeback player of the year? Well, it's this is by far the most obvious pick because it has to be Alex Smith. 693 days, 17 surgeries later, He was back on the field. How could you not be a nervous wreck watching him? And how could you not be so happy to see his four biggest fans cheering from the stands? A lot of emotion there. There were talks of him losing his ability to walk, even his life. Uh, You know, amputation was a rumor that was going around. And so for Alex Smith to fight back after sustaining that kind of injury, We've seen a lot of rough injuries. Uh, Heart goes out to Dak Prescott as well for the injury that he suffered uh, this last Sunday. But yeah, so I don't really care what his stats were, though of course I paid attention. And I really don't care what the score was because that's by far the most impressive comeback of the season. Sorry, not sorry to week two Cowboys and week one Bears. Not close. Definitely. And I'd actually like to piggyback off that he was my honorable mention uh for this award and i was looking at an espn article that kind of chronicled his injury and his road to recovery and his comeback and in that article they noted that while he was on his way to the hospital in an ambulance to have emergency surgery on that leg smith asked his wife to pull up the redskins game on her phone and check on how colt mccoy was playing so you know, in a moment where this man's leg and potentially his life was in danger, all he could think about was his team. I mean, you can't ask for a better teammate and a better man than that. He is just as resilient as they come. And we're all really, truly glad to see Alex Smith playing football on Sundays again. But uh, moving on to my primary pick, there was also a player coming off an injury from last year, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben has come back playing at an elite level once again, and he's completed 69.9% of his passes, which, nice. Uh, yeah. Has 10 TDs, 
has 10 TDs, one interception, thrown over a thousand yards already. He has his team undefeated, looking like a top contender to come out of the AFC, to be honest. And after his injury last year that took him out, many people were questioning like whether or not he'd even come back and play. But not only did he put those rumors to bed, he's shown how good he still is. And it's just really good to see someone like Ben Roethlisberger come back as well, come back strong. Oh, totally. And is the AFC North competitive now? I mean, I guess so. You've got what you've got the Browns at four and one. You've got the uh, Steelers undefeated. You've got the Ravens as always. I mean, that's quietly become one of the best divisions in football. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in this Brown Steelers matchup because I don't really know what to make of either team yet. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I know I just know that in week one when the Steelers played the Giants, uh, they shut down Saquon Barkley to I believe only like twenty six rushing yards or something. And we all know that the Browns live and die on their offense with the running game. So I think it'll be a I think it'll be a tougher challenge for the Browns than the Steelers. And I know I said that my honorable mention was Alex Smith, but my actual honorable mention is a former Steelers player, Mr. Le'Veon Bell, who, as I earlier mentioned, got released this morning by the New York Jets. He's just been, I guess he was just too good for the Jets. I mean, if you're a good player, if you show any semblance of promise or potential, the, the Jets will just release you right on the spot because they can't have that in their organization. They need just terrible players all the time, anytime. And, you know, hopefully Le'Veon will find a find a home. I'm hearing reports of maybe Tampa Bay or Chicago, even my Patriots, which would be fantastic if Bill Belichick could get his hands on a Le'Veon Bell. Oh, my God, we'd be right back in contention. Oh, please, uh, please no. <laughs> I know every fan in the NFL would love to see Le'Veon Bell go to the Patriots, and that's a fact. But moving on to your honorable mention, for comeback player of the year. Who you got, Greg? Well, we've been all over the AFC North in these last few minutes, and I am not going anywhere because this guy missed all of last season with an ankle injury. He is Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green. 14 catches for 119 yards over five weeks on what feels like 673 targets. Uh, It's actually 34. He got all the way up to 51 yards in week one. Uh, he has had wow. zero, no touchdowns. That offensive pass interference at the end of the first week sent him on a downward spiral, and some smart guy drafted him in like the eighth round of fantasy this year and has since cut him. So good job to whoever that was. Not going to name any names, but it might be the more annoying person on this podcast. So, uh, JJ, I think you're in the clear. <laughs> Well, I thought you were referring to me, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that slide there. Eighth round for AJ Green. If you would have told me at week one, I thought that would have been a steal. That's what and I was thinking too. And it's turning out to be even more of a steal, baby. <laughs> He's on a roll. He's Don't even... on a roll. He cannot be stopped at all, whatsoever. And speaking of players who are on a roll let's move on to our golden boot award for the best kicker in the league greg who is your primary award winner Ooh, stealing an award from the world cup i love it the golden boot well primary 
I got to give it to Greg the Leg, aka Young Jeezy, aka Legatron Zerline. And <laughs> he may not have the stats of my honorable mention guy, but he is still eight for nine on the year and 13 for 15 on extra points. The reason that he has my vote, besides having the coolest set of nicknames for a kicker, is that both Cowboys wins, and yes, they did win multiple games. I'm going to be clear about that. Both of their wins were on last-second Greg Zerline field goals. So if you're, say, I don't know, the Chargers, you don't take these last-second kicks for granted at all. So yeah, I mean, I know they're expected to go out and do their job, but they still got to do it, and Greg Zerline has done that. And for that reason, he is my primary nomination for the Golden Boot. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I, I heard you say that the Cowboys won multiple games this year. I kind of blurted out after you said that. Yeah, they are two and three, but don't worry. They got the Red Rocket, or is it the Red Rifle? I don't know, one of those. Andy Dalton to take over. So, I mean, they're going like 11 and five now. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. But moving on to my primary award winner, it's none other than the man, the myth, the legend, the man who has been setting the internet on fire for the first five weeks, Rodrigo Blankenship, kicker for the Indianapolis Colts. He could be he could be in conversation for rookie of the year, uh, rookie of the year as well, to be honest. I mean, he's converted 15 to 17 field goals. He's nailed all of his extra points. And in a time where the Colts were searching for their heir apparent to Adam Vinatieri's throne, it seems like they've uh, concluded their search pretty early because this absolute dynamite of a man has just come in at 23 years old and he could be their kicker for another 10 years if this stud holds up. I think if you don't know who Rodrigo Blankenship is, first of all, what are you doing? And second of all, look this man up. You'll just see one stud of a human being. I'm pretty sure his dynamite goggles add at least 10 kick power and 20 accuracy to all of his kicks. Never get rid of the goggles, Rodrigo Blankenship. Please keep them forever. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, um, do you want to share your honorable mention or shall I go first? Um, take it away. You got this. Ooh, okay. Well, my honorable mention is the one and only Randy Bullock. And here's why. 13 for 14 field goals on the year, nine for nine extra points. Of course, the one he missed was the shank, the last second of week one against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the reason he's my honorable mention is because these statistics prove that when he doesn't strain his calf, he is unstoppable. I mean, you saw what happened. You know, injuries happen. It's part of the game. And Randy Mm -hmm. Bullock hurt his calf so badly on that kick that, you know, who could make that? I mean, I don't even think Superman could pull that one off. Yeah. He was sidelined for three whole days before returning on Thursday night football and going back to the Superman he was. And, you know, he's, his calf's still probably hurting the, you know, with the way that he was limping at the end of that kick. So I just got to say Randy Bullock is the true fighter in 2020, and he absolutely is deserving of the golden boot conversation. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at a video of that kick right now. And oh my gosh, that that strain looks serious. I don't think I don't think you could ever fake that. 
But uh, <laughs> moving on to my honorable mention, it's old reliable, it seems at this point, uh, Justin Tucker for the Baltimore Orioles. I don't really have much to say about this guy because like Aaron Donald, he could win this every year, to be honest. He's just automatic from the, any range, to be honest. He's over 90% uh, accuracy, I believe, in his career. I don't think he's missed any field goals this year yet. He's obviously perfect in extra points. He's just a guarantee uh, when it seems like in a time kickers seem to be flailing left and right. Did you say that Justin Tucker plays for the Baltimore Orioles? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) For a second, I thought he was one of those dual threat guys, you know, football, baseball, Deion Sanders. (laughs) One of those Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders types. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so Justin Tucker it is. Of course, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, I'm sorry. Baseball is on my mind as, of course, they're also in the midst of playoffs with the ALCS and the NLCS, but it doesn't change the fact that Justin Tucker is Mr. Automatic. Oh, Mr. Automatic indeed. And that brings us to our final award of the night. Is that correct? Oh, I believe so. And most important award of the night hottest guy in the office greg take it away oh stealing from the office we have hottest guy in the office and the answer for primary nomination is jimmy garoppolo duh i mean just how ryan howard won hottest guy in the office every year at the dundies well until the very last ceremony jimmy g is going to be the consistent recipient of this award it may be boring, but it's not wrong. That's all I have to say about it. JJ, who's your guy? I mean, how can you not put Jimmy G at the primary award? This man is just an absolute stud. He's got a jawline that could cut diamonds. He's really made a name for himself, uh, backing up another stud in old Tommy Brady, but he's really spread his wings now and learned to fly out there in SF. He's nabbing a beauty in Alexandra King, and if you ever have the time to look her up, you will not be disappointed. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty simple. Jimmy G is the obvious winner on this one. Greg, though, who is your honorable mention? Oh, honorable mention is a guy that made a little bit more noise in the football world last year than he is this year, but he's still around, and it is New York Giants tight end coach Freddie Kitchens. Here's why. Freddie Kitchens, I mean, ever since just going a little farther east, God, that guy has turned into a real beauty. I mean, I think he might even be beating out Steve Belichick now, and when he wears that Pittsburgh started it shirt, I mean, that's like the equivalent to the most beautiful girl you can imagine in the finest wedding dress. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I haven't heard a better description of Freddie Kitchens ever. And I and it is so deserved, to be honest. This man <laughs> is a true dime. But uh, <laughs> moving on to my honorable mention, you know, I was going to go with my boy Tommy Brady, but I'm switching it up at the last second, and I gotta go with my man Jason Kelsey, center for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this man—he can grow his hair out, he can cut it short, he can have a mullet, he can have a buzz cut any way you like it, any way you slice it. This man will just dress to impress, and his beard is beaten by no one. This is just a total package kind of guy here. 
Jason Kelsey is also the owner of the greatest victory parade speech I have ever heard. Partially because of the costume he was wearing, but nonetheless, Jason Kelsey is an absolute legend and diesel of a man. All right, it is that time of the show. Shout out to, and boy, do we have a plethora of shout outs to give today. Well, I guess I'll start because I have many. Uh, The first one just has to go to Costco for making my grocery bill affordable. You know, with how much that me and my roommates eat, Costco is our absolute saving grace. Isn't it for everyone's? There's no no greater godsend, I'd say, than Costco. I wish I had one near my house right now. Oh, it's it's the best. Um, well, do you got any shout outs before I keep going or should I just keep hammering away? I would like to, uh, if I could really quick, give a shout out to a website that is currently uh, apropos. I'll use that one again for these times. It is called ballotpedia.org. That is B-A-L-L-O-T-P-E-D-I-A.org. And this website is kind of what it sounds like. I mean, you can draw the assumption from it. It provides information on all of the voting this year in this uh, current electoral climate. It provides information on the presidential election, like who's running, what their policies are, where they stand, what parties they're affiliated with. And it goes a little bit deeper than that, too, which is really uh, beneficial to all of us, because there's a lot more than just people that's being elected in this election here. There's also many propositions that people will be putting up, uh, especially in our home state of California, there's, I believe, over 20 propositions that are going to be voted on in this year. And they also provide information for all of those uh, propositions as to what voting yes on certain props would be and voting no on certain props would be. And of course, this is all unbiased information. And it really uh, even provides you with congressional races uh, that are happening in your home district. All you have to do is enter your zip code and it'll tell you if there are any congressional races going on within your district and who you should know about if you're um, if you're like going to vote this year, which if you're over 18, you should definitely be voting. So I think this website, Ballotpedia, is just a tremendous resource that I think everyone should really take advantage of at this time. That is an actually good shout out and makes me feel like I'm five years old for the ones that I still have on my list. But seriously, listen to that. If you don't take away anything else from this episode, listen to JJ's shout out. <laughs> please, please, please vote. Please vote. <laughs> love of God. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I could go on and on about that topic, but I'm going to keep chugging along. Shout out to TikTok user at 420dogface208 for making Dreams by Fleetwood Mac even better than it already was. King of the vibes. Shout out to the fly on Mike Pence's head during the vice presidential debate. No explanation (laughs) needed there. (laughs) Shout out to our very own Owen Finney. He's the biggest boy of them all. And by the time this comes out, he will be 20 years old. Hey, big happy birthday, Owen. And, uh, well, I guess my last shout out, JJ, are you a fan of Hamilton at all? 
Oh, I believe so. Uh, well, have you ever thought about what it would be like if there was a modern day version of Hamilton? I don't know, NFL edition? Oh, that crosses my mind every day. What were you thinking about, Craig? Well, I think we may have our answer. Uh, the stage is set. It is Sunday night football, early third quarter. Kirk Cousins is on his way to blowing a lead, and Russell Wilson, of course, is going to do what Russell Wilson does, which is make that fourth quarter comeback. But we're still in the third quarter, and oh, little groin injury to Viking star running back Dalvin Cook. <laughs> the play begins. You hear the little trumpets, or I don't know, whatever. You hear the instruments. walking onto the stage the vikings coaching staff is gathered figuring out what to do and the spotlight shines as they say well who could possibly replace dalvin cook and out steps in purple uniform number 25 alexander madison (laughs) alexander madison and he is gonna run it in alexander madison A round of applause from me right there. Love the pie. <laughs> thank you. Thank Under- you. I worked really hard on that as well. Uh, Liam did not approve of that one so much. He did slap me in the face a couple times, but maybe it was well-deserved. Oh, well, you know what? What an award show. It was a pleasure doing this, but I'm actually going to have to sign off early right now. So, JJ, it's been fun. But I'm going to let you take it away. And, you know, actually, uh, Greg, I'm actually going to have to sign off a little early, too. So I'm actually going to toss it over to our special guest to end the show off, Mr. Jimmy Fallon. Oh, JJ, what's going on? This is so great. Oh, I'm so happy to be on Potty Train Me. Just Potty Train Me. Oh, this is the NFL Awards show. It's like only week five and there's so much awards, you know. I uh, I have a podcast of my own and I've always dreamed of having the best podcast ever, but... You know, this is this is great, and we got such an audience, and everybody's going to listen to this. So please check them out. NFL Awards Show Week 5. This has been great. We appreciate having you on. Potty Train Me, we love you.